It's crow time, folks, and I am Crow. And with me, as always, is my beautiful fiance, Wolf Eyes, as we gather around our scratched up, beat up, but still standing IKEA coffee table. Howl for everybody, Wolf Eyes. Perfect. All right. Uh, finally got this show underway. I am a little <laughs> today, as you could say. Been trying to uh, get the show started now for about 15 minutes. Finally did it. Um, I, uh, I I I would keep opening the show. And be, oh, I didn't want to say that. Oh, I didn't want to say that. I didn't want to say that. So um, yeah, we've actually been doing a show for 15 minutes before we actually start doing the show. But anyway, like I said, we are here. We are here. We are here. <laughs> Do it with me, come on. We are here, we are here, we are here, we are here. Okay. Um, okay, we've got a lot to talk about in this show, so I'm, I'm going to try to shut up and get going with it. Uh, oh, I know, okay. The Super Bowl, this is now Monday, February 4th, 1.52 a.m. in the morning. And I know uh, that Sunday, February 3rd, was Super Bowl Sunday, and I know everybody is probably anxiously waiting for me to talk about the Super Bowl. Um, but I hate football, so I didn't watch the Super Bowl. I don't even know who won. I, I always literally make it, make an effort to not even find out who won, because I don't even want to get, seem like I'm getting caught up in that machine, and especially being a guy, I just don't want to seem like I'm caught up in that whole... Football, Super Sun, you know, Super Bowl Sunday, blah, 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 machine, and, you know, so, so I, I, I didn't watch it, I don't even know who won, um, you know, it's been over now for hours, um, but I did, though, somewhat connected to the Super Bowl, watch the, uh, match, uh, WWE did what they called Halftime Heat, which, you wouldn't be familiar with this, but I am. The, the logo that they had up there for Halftime Heat was very similar to the old Monday Night Nitro logo that WCW had. Um, and it was like a six-man tag match, and they had that going. Uh, they had it on WWE Network and streaming a few other places. If you want to watch that instead of the Halftime Show, which I didn't watch any of it. So, um, anyway, so there you go. There's my uh, Super Bowl update. I hate football, and I don't know even know who won. Um, okay. Um, yeah, it's, it's like I, a lot of times I've talked about not being in sports and then I, I'm like, I like wrestling, but that's not really a sport. That's an act. It's, it's really getting more fake. You, hello over there. You can join anytime you want. <laughs> but, but, um, but, but, and, and you and I have talked about this. Um, you, you and I have talked about this, how wrestling seems to be getting more and more obviously fake. Like Dean Ambrose, one of our favorite wrestlers, who used to be in the Shield with Seth Rollins and Owen Reigns, um, is not renewing his WWE contract after WrestleMania when his contract expires in April. And he had a match on Raw last week with Seth Rollins, who he was in the Shield <laughs> with. And Seth Rollins has this move that he calls the curb stomp, where some, he'll, he'll do something against somebody bent over, and then he'll come put his foot in the back of the head and just stop him down to the mat. But Dean was just there watching him come toward him, didn't even make an effort to move, even though he had plenty of time to move. And then when, and I didn't even notice the second part of it, I, I you know, but I, I saw this on, online after, after the fact, 
Uh, they were talking about him doing the worst sale of a uh, um, curb stomp that they'd ever seen because after, not only was he just standing watching Seth come toward him, um, but after Seth did that move, Dean just barely went down a little bit, kept his arms out straight on the mat, and then he goes down backwards like, oh, damn, that hurt my head. And then Seth won the match. And then last night we were watching Ring of Honor, and... This, this one guy's on, on the ropes, and he's just holding on to the ropes forever, waiting on, this, uh, waiting on this other guy to come and, you know, come up behind him and do this flippy, jumpy move. Flippy, jumpy move, that's a technical term. If you look it up in wrestling books, it's, it's officially called flippy, jumpy move. And um, then take him down and pin him. And this guy, I mean, if he'd been laying on the second rope, it's like, well, you know, he's kind of out of it, and he's just laying there. But no, he was standing up, holding, standing up, not even on his knees, or on his stomach, he was standing up, just bent over, holding onto the middle rope until this guy bounces off the opposite rope, comes behind him, does the flippy jumpy move, and then whirls him up and pins him. And, and plus, you see wrestlers like scooting over so that someone land a move. And then there, there's that one time with, when the match between uh, John Cena and the Undertaker, that the Undertaker supposedly kicked John Cena, and John goes backwards like he kicked him in the face and kicked him down, but. John obviously had his hands blocking the Undertaker's foot. And then there'd be times like when they slam somebody's head on something supposedly that you can tell that the person's head and face isn't even coming anywhere near the table or the mat or the stairs or whatever. And then they've got their arms with him. But it, it, it's like, it, it's getting increasingly fake. It's like, it, it's like, come on. It's like, it's like, I, I mean, a lot of wrestling fans aren't the brightest people in the world. And trust me, I've gotten to plenty of wrestling matches. I know this is a fact. So I don't want anybody going, hey, well, he's in I've been to a lot of live wrestling events and, you know, whatever. I mean, some of them are highly intellectual. I mean, I don't think of myself as stupid. I don't think of you as stupid, and we watch it. Um, uh, excuse me, I'm pretty much forced to watch it. Well, yeah, you're kind of forced to watch it. It's but, a difference. Okay, you're, you're forced to watch it, because I watch it, and anyway. And you're kind of there. Um, but, it, but it's like, um, you know, wrestling fans have never been considered... They're the smartest fans in the world, um, especially the ones who refer to more as wrestling instead of wrestling. Um, you know, so it's kind of you know like it's been a long-standing well, thing. I think long you before get that in all sports. You well, get yeah, dummies, you get yeah, that, yeah, you get. You know, but, 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 but but the thing, well, see, the thing that wrestling fans are normally regarded as more stupid than other wrestling fans is because wrestling's fake, and yet you have these people. Oh God, I wonder who's gonna win. Oh, I can't believe that happened. It's like. You know, people get injured for real, and there are occasionally things that the wrestlers do in the ring when they kind of go rogue and they do something they're not supposed to. But for the most part, you know, all the championships just determine who's going to get them. It's not like the World Series and all the major sporting events, like the Super Bowl that just happened, where, you know, like the winner is actually the winner. I mean, it's like all the. And you see these people getting so emotional when they win something. It's like you didn't really win. It's like, it's like you knew before you went out to the ring. For the match, it's like, okay, we're going to give you the belt because that person's had long enough. But it, it, maybe it's just the emotion of being, like, accomplishing something in the sport, you know, whether it's fake or not, because a lot of people do want to grow up to be wrestlers. So when you reach that pinnacle and you're given a belt, even if it's a scripted outcome, but, you know, I, I think that's the main reason that wrestling fans are regarded as somewhat of a dimwit. And trust me, I've had plenty of people who assume I'm a freaking dimwit because I'm a wrestling fan. Um, because wrestling is fake, and yet you get all these people like, oh, yes, hello, you're, you're with your hand raised. You're, you're a dimwit no matter what. I hate to tell you that. So so I'm a dimwit even if I don't like wrestling? Yes. Oh, 
oh, well, that's good to know. Then I don't have to worry about being called a dimwit. There like, you like, go. There you go. Um, you know, but, you know, it, it's just getting more and more fake. It, it's like, sometimes it's like, oh, come on. I always on. told you. I mean, I do like, uh, some of them do amazing, uh, uh, I guess, gymnastics with, uh. Yeah, I like the, uh, like the, uh. And stuff. All the flips and all that. I mean, some of them do really amazing stuff. Oh, yeah, yeah. They're a lot like the matches lately between Rey Mysterio Jr. and Andre, uh, and Andrena. Uh, uh, Andra, uh, Andra, uh, how the hell do you pronounce the name? A N D R A D E. I forgot how you pronounce it. Um, and Andrade, Andrade, Andrade. There you go. Um, uh, I mean, those matches are spectacular. I mean, all the, all, all the stuff they do in the ring. I mean, it's just like it's, it's like watching like uh, Japanese artists and it's some sort of combination between Japanese artists and gymnasts and and everything else in there. You know. But it is fake, and they, and and it is becoming more normal. And the storylines are just yeah, they wear some people the out with like, storylines. It's like it's like watching a soap opera slash reality show. Action slash action movie. Action movie, knowing all the drama of reality shows, because you know how dramatized those things are, and it's just like yeah, it's it, it, it's kind I, of like a combination of an action movie. And I—I uh, I mean, of like a soap opera, um, sometimes a Jerry Springer episode. Yeah. <laughs> like this lame story that had going on lately, Mandy Rose and Naomi. I want your man. You better stay away from my man. I want your man. You better stay away from my man. And all that kind of stuff. It's like, you know, see Jerry Springer. But I guess we better move on to other stuff. Okay. Enough about wrestling. Uh, so we've established the fact that I hate a popular sport and I'm a fan of something that's not really a sport. All right. <laughs> Okay, on to the days, which stands for daily and yearly stuff. Ooh. I know, I've gotten into making that move lately. Um, okay. Today, Monday. What the hell month is this? <laughs> February. Today, Monday, February 4th. It is, among other things, Stuffed Mushroom Day. I, I chose that one because on uh, because Sunday for dinner you made your famous I'd say at least an inch thick if not more mushroom and Swiss burgers. For those of you that have never heard me talk about these before on the show, imagine the bottom of a bun. The bum 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 bum. Imagine the bum 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 bum. Imagine the bottom of a bun with a slice of Swiss cheese. Then a beef patty, at least an inch thick. At least an inch thick. Then another slice of Swiss cheese. Then sautéed mushrooms on top of that. Fresh mushrooms, like fresh, like mushrooms bought in the produce department and then sliced and sautéed on top of that. Then the top of the bun. Now that does make me go, ooh, I get all tingly um, and gassy, <laughs> but also tingly. Um, yeah, so that's why I chose the mushroom thing, you know, going. We've actually had stuffed mushrooms. We actually bought some for Kroger's, those big, uh, Oh, shiitake mushrooms. Yeah. Shiitake. It was always stuffed, <laughs> and we tried those, and we didn't really care much for them. Shiitake. Yep. Hey, what's up, dude? Uh, you know, same shiitake, different day. You know. Um, okay, uh, the fifth is chocolate fondue day. Dip something in chocolate. Doesn't say it can't be a body part. 
Wink, wink. Nod, nod. Anyway. Um, <laughs> I'll boil some chocolate, dump it on you. How about that? Moving on to February 6th. <laughs> um, it is frozen yogurt day. Which I may need something cold to put on me after uh, after the burns that I suffer on chocolate due day. Um, but uh, on the 7th, February 7th, uh, they, they specify all. Your, anyway, wave all your fingers at your neighbor's day. Yeah. Yeah, because you wouldn't want to be just one finger raving it, because that would not be good. That would start a fight. Yeah, I know. But considering a lot of places I've lived, <laughs> one finger's enough. Um, now, February 8th is Opera Day. And for the record, that was me, not you. <laughs> like like the two chicks that we know that works at our local Kroger, Scary Poppins and, and uh, Dara. I, I, I think I'm somewhat amazed that I can do that. And, and, and the fact that I will do that in a supermarket says something very peculiar about my personality. The fact that I will do that kind of carrying on in a supermarket. Yeah. Yeah, I know. <laughs> and there's no more paper bags, so I can't wear a paper bag on my head and pretend like I don't know anything. <laughs> yeah, I know. Plastic bags won't work because those damn things are too thin and too see-through now. Uh, they're making them thinner and thinner. Like, uh, we're, we're thinner today. Oh, it's actually a culture today when you actually notice that you could lay a paper bag on something and read to it. Yeah. Um, it's like all these places. We're eliminating plastic bags. Hell, they're still thin. You practically have them already, haven't you? Um, they're barely there. Um... Oh, and now also on Opera Day, I figured a way to tie Opera Game, uh, <laughs> Opera Game, Opera Day into games. We've got Operation Games. The first part of the word Operation is Opera. So you, remember, folks, you can't have an Operation without Opera. Um, <laughs> okay, Operation is spelled O P E R A T I O N, and Opera is O P E R A. So see, we can play Operation Day for Opera Day, and it'll count. We didn't mention the kite flying day that day. Oh, you mean the one that uh, the one that's written down, which I'm getting ready to mention. I wrote it down. See, right there, right there. Oh, okay, just happened. And it is also on uh, February eighth. It is kite flying day. Mm -hmm. Kite flying day. I I have not flown a kite since I was 16 years old. Now we did a few years ago, by a couple of years ago, whatever, about. We bought those kites. There's a Hello Kitty and a Ninja Turtle <laughs> and a couple of others I don't remember. They're behind that. They're in the closet, so you'd never find them in time. But there's a Ninja Turtle, Hello Kitty, and a couple of others. Um, but I have not flown a kite since I was 16 years old because of the simple fact that I was flying a kite. It got way up high. I was really excited. The string broke. The kite went bye-bye. never saw the kite again. So I've never flown a kite since then. I love flying kites. I will fly a kite as long as it's like Charlie Brown. I just run with it. It gets like high enough off the ground. I can reach up and just grab it when I'm done. Um, but anyway. Um, so so that day you can go around telling people, hey, go fly a kite. <laughs> and Where the hell did that phrase come from anyway? Like if someone's annoying you, you go, go fly a kite. In other words, go do something that's fun and enjoyable. Unless you're like me and you lost the kite. <laughs> but I lost the kite when I was 16. No! Um, okay, February 9th is Read in the Bathtub Day. 
So, so I will allow you to read in the bathtub. I will even bring you the book. Hmm. You you can take and a bath. And you will sit there the whole time, top yabbering, yabbering, yabbering. <laughs> I didn't say I wouldn't bother you. I just said you could. Okay. Also on February 9th, it is Pizza Day. Pizza Day, and we actually have six frozen pizzas in our free freezer right now. So yeah. Um. So sometimes, well, like then even, I'll, I'll start to say a word and I'll like say the first two letters, like for freezer. It's, it's the Max Andrew Mike is. Right now we have six pizzas in our fr 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 freezer in our k k k k k kitchen. Oh, I love Max Headroom. That's so freaking cool. You know, all these commercials now, like, oh, how cool we are. And every year, speaking of the Super Bowl, every year, it's like, oh, look at all the cool commercials that we're going to have during the Super Bowl. Oh, my God, they're going to be so cool. Oh, look, there's a famous person in that one, and two famous people in that one, and a famous person in a car in that one. You know, Max Headroom was so damn cool. So damn cool. But see, here's the thing. Max Henry was Coke. So, and you go back to the 80s for that. But it's like Max Henry was Coke. But then, in the 90s, in the 90s, for Pepsi, you had the Spice Girls. So, should I like be like, oh, Max Henry did a commercial for Coke in the 80s. So I'll drink a can of Coke. Or should I be like, but I'm a huge Spice Girls fan, but they did a commercial for Pepsi in the in the 90s. And then of course there's like RC, who's like, uh, we we got somebody's uncle. We got the uncle of some guy who sweeps up the building to do one of our commercials. <laughs> They don't I, do make I, I, yeah, RC, I don't think, yeah, it's like Coke commercials and Pepsi commercials and and Sprite now and then and Seven Up now and then, Dr Pepper now and then. But RC, RC, I guess, just sits there and hopes that stores will run out of Coke or Pepsi and somebody will buy theirs. Well, a lot of people like RC. Oh and, yeah, yeah, I, um, I actually like RC and, and Cherry RC is really good. RC, for those not in the know, stands for Royal Crown. No, it's actually on the bottle, baby. Yeah, huh? It's actually written on the bottle. Yeah, but a lot of people, you know, buy RC. You know. Like, like everybody's making a big deal because some rich guy, I think he's going to run for president, didn't know how much Cheerios cost. Hell, not everybody, even poor people, average people, working class people. Cheerios? Yeah, yeah. They, he was talking about how he came from whatever and whatever and blah blah blah, and so he can. He, he's basically trying. To, he, he's a billionaire. I forget his name. I don't really care. I don't, I'm not into politics either. Politics interests me as much as the Super Bowl, but um, but it's some billionaire guy, and he might run for president. So, but he was talking, trying to connect himself to the average person. So the guy doing the interviews asked him how much a box of Cheerios cost. In other words. Well, if, you, if you're so much like the average common person, how much does a box of Cheerios cost? And the guy didn't know, and a lot of people on, so, on social media, of course, made a big deal out of it, but then people on social media make a big deal if they see people in mismatched socks these days. So, I shop, a lot of people, I shop all the time, and I can't tell you that. 
Yeah, I mean, well, the, 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 cereal prices changes up and yeah, down. Yeah, yeah, prices recently. of everything fluctuate. And unless you eat the yeah, bread, you, yeah, I, I don't, look I, at I, I don't eat Cheerios. I've tried cereal. I've tried Cheerios. I don't think there'd be much difference in the taste of those in the box they come in. I don't like Cheerios. Cheerios is not bad. I don't like them really. They're flat. Yeah, They're but flat. you you put light sugar on them and or or some fruit in them. So in other words, it tastes great if you come up the taste of them. <laughs> So in other words, cereal. And they're actually pretty good so, for kids because so, so kids can actually uh, for finger foods yeah. for small. So so then in other words, Cheerios are really good as long as you can't taste them. <laughs> but what? Yeah, but everybody makes sense to be the old because you know it's like well you know the interview you guys like well if you're so, you know you know if you're so connected to the average person, what's the box of Cheerios cost? I don't know what a freaking box of Cheerios costs because I don't like Cheerios. I don't buy Cheerios. I can tell you how much I can tell you how much a lot of stuff costs in the supermarket because it's not something I buy. Yeah, I mean, and, and a lot of people were like, "Oh yeah, you know," and agreeing to that point. A lot of people were like, "Well, I don't know how much some things cost either," and I'm, you know, okay. But moving on, before I waste all my time, talking about Cheerios. Um, but uh, anyway, yes, it's pizza day. <laughs> it's pizza day. Uh, so, do you know how much Red Baron pizzas cost? Uh, I think three nine nine unless they're on sale. I don't know. Back to four something. I don't know. See, hell, we buy red bear. We've got six red. But we only bought it was also. Hell, hell, we've we've got six red bear pizzas in there right now. We can tell you the regular price of them. But what we do is we wait till they go on sale, and then we get a coupon. (laughs) Um, You know, I I don't know. But anyway, then to finish up the day segment, February tenth is Umbrella Day. Umbrella Day. Yep, we have an umbrella. So uh, I guess on that day, whether you uh, need one or not, just carry an umbrella. Take along to beat people like you in the head with. There you go. Take a, what? <laughs> okay. Um, okay. That is enough of the day's segment. Trying to cover a lot on this week's show, and unfortunately, as always, I'm babbling like a damn loon about everything I can think of. Okay. This week, did a car mart trip on Friday. Was going to do it on Wednesday initially, but. We live in the Midwest, Southern Illinois area, and this area was like a deep freeze on Wednesday. So um, we just kind of hibernated on Wednesday. And, uh, you know, we, yeah, it was like the polar vortex. Sounds like, a, sounds like a new action movie coming out next year with Dwayne Johnson. Dwayne Johnson. <laughs> it's like summer 2020. Start Dwayne Johnson. Polar Vortex. This film is guaranteed to give you goosebumps. See what I did there? Goosebumps. Anyway. Um, but anyway, so, so so we went up there on Friday and uh, bought some stuff. Had to get my London Aaron. Um, yeah, one, one quick note about the weather. For those of you that listen to the show regularly, um... For one thing, thanks a lot. We appreciate it. And for the other thing, considering you listen to this stuff week after week, I kind of pity you at the same time. Yeah, you might want to go thanks for listening. Yeah, thanks for listening, but you have our sympathy. Um, but two weeks ago today, we were talking about it snowing and having a snowball fight. Um, then last Sunday was still pretty frigid. Um, then Wednesday, of course... Boom. Polar Vortex. 
coming summer 2020. <laughs> um, but anyway, then today, however, beautiful out. I mean, we, we, we took a long walk wearing t-shirts and pants. Feel like I always feel like sitting for that, you know, because I, I mean, while somebody is taking me literally, you know, like today we took a walk wearing only t-shirts. And they're like, wow, no pants, no underwear, no shoes, just t-shirts. Like, yeah. It's like, well, we live on a nudist colony, so <laughs> occasionally we get yelled at for, for wearing clothing, but, um, <laughs> uh, excuse us, uh, you're wearing clothing? <laughs> um, but yeah, beautiful day today. In, in, in the 60 to 70 degree range everywhere, so beautiful day. Beautiful day. Okay, now, on uh, Friday, well, well, let's talk about the game night first. We played uh, we played two games with London Aaron the other night. Uh, one was called Fitzit, F-I-T-Z, then I-T, by Game Ride. Now, don't get me wrong. Wolves and I own several Game Right games. Um, we love them. Dragonwood, love that game. Go nuts for donuts, trash pandas, sushi go, Zeus, uh, Zeus on the loose, moose in the house. Um, and we we love those games. They're awesome. Um, have a little game called Iota, and when I say little game, I mean little game. <laughs> Sixty some odd cards. Not much bigger than a post-it than a big post-it stamp in a tin that fits literally in the palm of your hand. Flip top lid on it. Um, then we have a game, a, a game called Snap and a game called Hiss, also a game right. Like those two. But the game fits it. Um, you each player is dealt five cards at the beginning of the game. The cards have various words phrases, sentences, whatever on them. Um, and you have to pick an object that the cards in your hand have to describe. You can play one to five cards. And then once you play them, everybody has to vote on whether they agree with what you've laid down and if it describes what you've chosen it to describe. Um, and um, see, for one thing, I don't like any game, I don't care who makes it, I don't like any game where the other players have to vote on something. I, I just don't. I'm not a fan of those games at all because you can always get one person that is going to vote against everybody trying to make themselves win or you can get two people that are trying to work together to vote against everybody else so that one of them will win. So I, I just, I, I'm just not a fan of any game where players have to vote on stuff. I'm just not. Um, but I, I mean, so, so I didn't really like that game. You didn't like the game either, right? I really didn't like it because it is is too much open to interpretation, interpretation, interpretation and everything. Yeah, it, it, it's like um, no, no, don't get me wrong. We had a blast playing it. Yeah, we, we, we had fun. Because I, I mean, the four of us had a blast playing it because we were coming up with some really, really wild things in for the cards the to describe. On on stuff. Yeah, yeah. In between the debates on well, that's a lie, you know. And uh, everything. So, uh, but I, I mean, we had a ball playing it, L laughing like hell and everything else. Um, I, I mean, we were laughing out loud the, most of the game, but it, it, overall, as far as gameplay, I don't like the game. 
Some people might really dig it. I didn't like it. If I ever even saw it again, so if I saw it in a thrift store for bucks, I wouldn't pick it up. No. Um, you know, which, like I said, we love game rack games. We have several of them, and we're contemplating getting more. But, um, it just didn't like that one. Just did not like that one. Um, another game we played was a game called Unlock. I forget what company makes these. Um, there are several different versions of it. There's the Wizard of Oz and all types of versions of it. Uh, like I said, it's called Unlock. It's kind of an escape room theme type game. And uh, you start out with 60 minutes on an app. I'll get to that in a minute. You have to have an iPad, smartphone, something, some kind of tablet or something to bring up the app. You get 60 minutes on, on the app to begin with uh, to try to solve all the clues and get out of, get out of the room. Um, um, so, or, or whatever you're in. Um, Actually, you had uh, six minutes to solve the whole entire game. Well, 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 you had, well, you had 60 minutes to solve it initially. Yeah. Uh, you had 60 minutes to solve it initially, and if you guessed wrong about certain things, you got one or two or three whatever minute penalties. Um, we did get on the tutorial, so we thought, okay, we're going to nail this. Um, but then when it came to the actual gameplay, we went way over the 60 minutes. Way over the 60 minutes. Well, it was still good to about halfway, and then... Yeah, yeah, then it kind of all went to hell. But it, it's like... So so we went past the 60 minutes, and then we went way, way past the rest of the allotted time. Um, and, and everything else. Uh, we started playing a little before 10 o'clock. We didn't get done playing it till about 12.30. A.M. and uh, we start playing about I don't know about 9:45 P.M. and then get through to about 12:30 A.M. and and at that is just because and at that point everybody had already given up and it's just not, not even really trying to solve it on on the clock at all and it's just trying you know uh, because Linda had to get up early next morning to go to work we and just trying to get done yeah she thing. had to get up like at five or six next morning to go to work so. So we were just trying to get it done, and basically nobody's even trying to solve it at that point. It's just like, well, let's just put this together, and let's just go ahead and put it together and do it that way. Two things I don't like about that game. It was fun. It was challenging. But two things I don't like about it. One, you need an app to play it. That that kills me of buying a game. You know, If you need an app to play it, because a lot of times apps get to the point where they're no longer supported. We've got toys that you need an app to really make them do everything. And unfortunately now the apps are no longer supported, so the toys don't do everything they're supposed to do. Well, we actually have a clue game that when it initially came out, you use texting to play the game. But they had sense enough to make it to where once that was no longer supported, you can still play the game. It, it plays a little bit differently, but at least once that part of it, once that aspect of it is no longer supported and you can no longer use the texting, you can still play the game. Um, so that, 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 that's two reasons. Oh yeah, another thing I don't like about it, no, it's not two reasons, that's only one. Another reason I don't like it is, it's a one-play game. It's a one-play game. Once you play it, unless you're really absent-minded, then you remember the stuff and you remember the solution and everything else. Now, now you can get a copy of the game, and like I said, and they all look neat. Uh, there's a Wizard of Oz version even, and, I, and I'm assuming that would be damn cool to play. Mm -hmm. um, but 
once you play it, then it's not like Clue where the outcome is different every time or some of these other games where it's like a mystery type thing. You have to solve something, but then, it, it, you know, it's different all the time. So you can, you know, what they're calling the replayability factor is good. Once you play Unlock, that's it. Yeah. I, I mean, you can, I, I mean, if you own the game, like say I could have played it one night with Yuland and Aaron, and then I could have played another night with three other people, and then another night with other people, because, you know, it's like, any number of people who played, I guess, well, or maybe there's just up to four, I don't remember. But it's like, you know, if you own the game, you can play with different groups of people, but then once you played it the first time, the other times you're just kind of sitting there watching other people do stuff, and, you know, so it, it's another game. And that might be why he found it, you know, at the good but, Yeah, probably is why he Because he got it for a buck. And I bet they played it, beat it, and donated. Yeah, yeah. I bet whoever had it before played it. Yeah, like you said, I thought about it. like, like you and said. He who, had, he had actually had one of the most difficult ones. I think it was three, three level, three high level. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. I forget, but um. It was a pirate. Yeah, yeah. Tonopoles treasures, T O N I P A L S. Tonopoles, Tonopoles, whatever's treasure. It, it was fun. Yeah, I liked the fact he was getting to solve clues. Yeah, and, and, and when it came to the clues where the pirate told you stuff, that was hilarious because you couldn't understand the pirate. I mean, the parrot, and everybody's laughing at that. It, it, it was fun. But if you could replay it, if you could, if there would be different outcomes each time, if it's something, you know, if they would make it somehow, like revise it a little bit and make it to where the game had different outcomes, where you wouldn't always know the outcome, it'd be great. But, you know, it's, 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 it's like, you know, but, but it's like, so, so that, that's the two things I don't like about that one. One, um, one, it requires an app. I, I don't like any games that require an app to play. And two, it's a one play deal where, well, once you play it, you, you can't really play it anymore. Um, at least you know, not with the same people, and then you know what the outcome anyway, so, but that, that's the first time we've ever done the game night with them, and I haven't liked either game we played, you know, a lot, a lot of times we play Liar's Dies, Pirates of the Caribbean Liar's Dies, which is actually a game that I had, we got a, at a Goodwill for like two or three bucks, but we took it to their place to play one time, and Aaron liked it so much that he traded me his uh, Transformers Risk game and a fun Diary of Wimpy Kid card game for it. So, um, you know, but, you know, we, we just played those two games and I, I, I didn't like either one and wouldn't really recommend either one. Um, okay, now moving on to the stuff we got. Uh, oh, okay, well, we should talk. I know, we're trying to get all this in and I want to get to the stuff we bought on eBay, the bundle. Uh, now, we also played some games ourselves this past week. Um, a lot of vintage games, actually. The first game we played was the Muppet Show game from 1977. Uh, picked it up at a thrift store for a buck. A couple of years ago, whatever. Um, a lot of fun, wouldn't you say? A lot of fun. It wasn't too bad for a kid's game. Yeah, it, it, it's like you start out with two... It has eight characters in the game. It's up four, to four-player. I took Animal and Mr. Teeth, and you took the two old guys that always heckled everybody, Waldorf <laughs> and Stadler. And uh, you also got you also have this ticket booth that you had to move to, and so you had to move the two p pieces and the and the uh, ticket booth as well. And no, it's not a ticket booth. It was a dressing room. No, it was your uh, like your 
backdrop of, of your play or whatever. What do they call it? Sta- uh, stage, 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 yeah, stage drop. Yeah, stage drop. Okay, yeah, okay. I, 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 something like that. Anyway, but but you had to move the two play pieces and that both, and you had to get them both to where they need to go, and uh, you won, and that's a lot of fun. I, I picked Animal and Doctor Teeth because I, I, I love Animal. Um. So then we also another night played a 1982 game called Leverage. Um, that was challenging. That was really challenging. You won that one. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'm noticing an ugly theme here that I don't like. Um, <laughs> um, then also on the same night we played Leverage, uh, we played a 1975 game called Bermuda Triangle. And you won. I won that one. That game is unique, and I thought it was really going to be hard. But it, it, it was actually a lot of fun. Yes, it was. That one was actually a lot of fun. Bermuda Triangle, based Except on the... In fact, uh, my ships kept us here. <laughs> yeah, it's funny you mentioned that, because I say, based on the uh, area in the ocean where uh, boats and everything disappeared back in the 70s a lot. Also, the uh, that same night we played those two, Leverage and Bermuda Triangle, we played a 1993 game called Arch Rival. Okay, this game... Okay, this game... Um, you construct this arch before the game of, like, uh, however many compartments... No fucking things. And then, but you take the art supports out once you construct the arch. And then you have to put all these pieces. You roll the dice and it tells you how many dice to put. I, I mean, how many pieces to put and in what color compartment. And we were cringing the whole time because we thought it was going to fall and go all over the place. But we actually, and, and, and the winner is the one who doesn't make it fall. So we actually filled up all the compartments on the arch and it didn't fall. So then once you do that, you start over and you take the pieces out but then you just roll one dice and it just tells you what's color to take the things out of not how many or anything um and it's also got this one uh this one thing on one of the dice where it says our tribal and if it says that then then you don't have to do something you get to make your opponent place whatever pieces or take whatever out um so we actually fill them all up and enter them all and the thing didn't fall (laughs) I'm not really sure how we did that, but but all three of those funs, all three of those games were fun, um, you know. So uh, we actually managed to get in a little bit of gameplay ourselves. Now uh, I'm trying to get all this in. Jeez, Louise. Now the other day on our Carmar trip, as for what we bought, um, we bought a couple of games. We bought a uh, sorry game to complete a sorry game that needed pieces, and we bought a situation four game. To complete a vintage situation four games, actually for 1975, I think, this missing pieces. Uh, so I complete both of those. But we also bought this real cool game. We have a couple of vintage trouble games. Uh, one that we got from the A Few Favorite Things store on eBay. This from the I think 80s, and then we have a 1990s version. But this is a battery operated game called Big Trouble, and uh, it, it's got this battery operated part. It doesn't have a board, and you draw cards with it. It's really wild. Um, really cool. Ho- hoping to maybe get that played before we go to bed. And we also bought another game. There's a new thrift store in Marion. Um, we went in there and found this cool game. It's Monopoly Deal card game, but it's the Millennium Edition. So I, I have the Monopoly Deal, the regular Monopoly Deal. So now I have the Monopoly Deal Millennium Edition. And, um, what's cool is we also own, like, regular Monopoly games and the Monopoly... Millennium Edition board game. 
So that's cool. And we also pay, now we own, we own this one Jenga game that's uh, Jenga Extreme. We, we never got around to playing it. Um, but the game we found the other day, uh, we got Big Trouble and uh, Jenga Shake at the Carbondale Goodwill. It's called Jenga Shake, and it has a battery-operated base that shakes, and you try to stack your pieces on it and pull them out with it shaking and stuff. So that's going to be real challenging. Hope we can try that one too, maybe before we go to bed. Um, then I also picked up another puppet. I, I've got probably close to 20 puppets by now, maybe. Uh, this is a Melissa and Doug Knight puppet. Really cool. has a wand you can put in either hand and make his hand move or whatever. And uh, make one of his hands move or whatever. So that's really cool. It looks like he's wearing a silver suit of armor. It's really cool. And then, but, but, one of the, but what I would consider almost the find of the day, we found it at the new thrift store where we found the Millennium Deal, Millennium Edition card game. Uh, is a Batman the Animated Series Volume 2 4 DVD set. Picked it up for 4 bucks. But now we also need Volume 1, Volume 3, and Volume 4. So, uh, yeah. So, uh, it, it, and it sucks because you also found that Avatar DVD set that one time. At a thrift store, but there's also other editions of that, so it's like it's frustrating when you find, oh wow, look at I found, but there's like several other edition volumes or something. It's like, damn it. Um, so that pretty well wraps up the game night stuff and the day stuff and everything else. Now, with 19 minutes to go, it almost seems unfair to try to cram this into 19 minutes. Um, a couple of weeks ago, we got a bundle of stuff from the A Few Favorite Things store on eBay. I've posted a few pics. On, on my Facebook page, or Twitter page, but there's so much we haven't even gotten around to taking pictures of all of it yet. But as soon as we do, we will post pictures of this stuff because it's, it's, it's a lot cooler than most of the stuff we get, and it deserves to be seen. Okay, um, I'm gonna, I, I've got a list of everything here. I'm just gonna run down the list um, of everything. So, um, okay, one thing that was in there was a 1951 Lone Ranger coloring book. I know that is like freaking like some of this stuff we need like a I years ago when I did groundskeeping housekeeping for this one one couple uh, they they traveled around the country collecting rocks and they had this they, they had this uh, room they had onto their house and then they had a big large building they built too that had all these glass cases in it for their rock collection that's what we need for stuff like this like some of this really awesome stuff like this we need like glass cases um, that we can just put stuff in. Um, another thing that we bought, uh, another thing that we got, rather, um, was a, from the 1950s as well, a hillside farm. Um, is that a coloring book or a storybook? I, I, I don't have what, I, I don't have all the details. I've just gotten hillside farm and then planes and jets. I know. I know. I know. Yep. Okay. Yes. 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 There he is. Here, let me, let me, let me set these things up there. I know, it's like way cool. I know, I know, yeah, you gotta be careful. I know. I, I, I think the Hillside Farm and Planes and Jets are coming books. I don't remember. I should remember. I should have written down. 
Well, oh, actually, actually, I did. Um, actually, I did. Books, books, books. Take that out of my. Okay. 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 Hillside Farm and Planes and Jets. Okay. They, they must be comic books. Yes. Okay. Okay. So the Hillside Farm and the Planes and Jets are comic books. Yes. Okay. Um, sorry, Mr. S, if you're listening. Sorry for not being able to remember this, but anyway. Um, anyway, okay. From the 1950s, Hillside. Hero Sire Farm. No, it's not a damn sausage coloring book. Um, from the 1950s, there's a Hero Side Farm and a Planes and Jets coloring book. Um, well, they're, they're separate. Uh, it's not like there are Planes and Jets on the farm. Um, that sounds like something you'd have today. Planes and Jets on the farm. Yeah, yeah, okay. Um, okay. Uh, Wolf Ice is now sitting in the floor going through the box, actually, in case I have any more questions, which I probably will. Um, okay. What was that? Okay, yeah. Okay, so the Hillside Farm and the Planes and Jets coming books from the 1950s. There's a vintage bunny puzzle uh, that is either from the late 40s or early 50s. One's a bunny, one's a carousel. Uh, it's, like the, it's like tray puzzles, you know, what, what, what they call tray puzzles where all the pieces fit onto like a cardboard tray or whatever you want to call it. Um, there is a 1974 Fun with Words dictionary set, two volume. Um, oh, th this is one of the coolest things. I've already posted, now this I have posted pics of on Facebook and Twitter. Um, and Instagram, is that on Instagram? What? The, the cootie game. Is that on Instagram? Not yet. I I've actually got more followers. Wolf went on Instagram this week and tried to set up some stuff on there for me. And I actually have more followers on Instagram now than uh, Facebook or Twitter. Well, no, wait. More than I do on Twitter, which is cool. Um, <laughs> I wrote down Cotty, C-O-T-T-I-E. Anyway, it's a 1949 Cootie game. Uh, excellent condition. I mean, the box is in great shape. All the pieces are there. Nothing's broken. It, it, 1949 Cootie game, uh, which we will add to our uh, Venice Cootie game collection. Which actually, the first thing we ever bought from a few favorite things store on eBay was a vintage Cootie game from the 1970s. Uh, I and uh, it was a vintage Cootie game from the 1970s. We bought that from a few favorite things store on eBay. Uh, I got that as a gift for you. So it's kind of come full circle with the cootie game thing there. Um, from 1990, there is a book called The Day the Goose Got Loose. From 1991, there is a book called Medieval Cathedral. I haven't had a chance to look at that yet. That is real cool. That's, I, I feel like that's a great companion piece for that 1986 cathedral game I have. Um, then we also bought a 1982, me being a dumbass, I didn't put the date on it, but I, I, I'm sure it's 1982 domain game. Yeah, it's 1982. It's 1982. But um, we, we got this real cool two-player strategy game called Domain. It's from 1982. It's really, really freaking cool. Um, the object is to get the most pieces on the board, uh, on the playing service board, whatever. It's not really a board. Um, and when you lay a piece down, each piece, each piece that you put down that's adjacent to your piece 
gets turned over to your color. Um, we both want, we played four games, you want two, I want two, so we could while it was fair. But that's a real fun game and a great addition to our strategy game and especially Vintage Strategy Game Collection. Uh, from 1978, there's a book called Ruby Fairy Tales. From 1986, there's a book called Who's Knocking at My Door. From 1978, there is a fish card game, which we have a lot of Venice card games. This, this is real cool. Um, a 1978 fish card game, an animal roaming game from the 70s, a snap card game from the 70s. Um, and also, there was a Donald Duck card game and a vintage... Um, okay, Donald Duck and Pinocchio. Okay, I didn't have Pinocchio written down there. Uh, there was a Donald Duck and Pinocchio vintage card game. Well, one's Donald Duck, one's Pinocchio. Uh, each one are vintage. Now, they were originally part of a six-game set. Um, but these are in great condition, 100% complete, and from the 1940s. The Donald Duck and the Pinocchio game, those two are from the 40s. Um, and they're like miniature card games. They're not like regular-sized card games. And then there's also a uh, set of vintage playing cards. Uh, probably from, I, I would say, I can't see the date. I, 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 I hate companies that don't make dates visible. But, it, you know, it's a vintage set from, like, I would say, probably the 80s, something like that. Um, then there's also a set of five animal books. Uh, not sure what year those are from. The animal books. The animal books. The animal books. You're looking at the animal books. The animal books. Wolf Eyes is looking at the books, don't you know? They should have a copyright date somewhere in the front. Or maybe the back. The front or the back of the books. Maybe some more. Okay, I'll see if I can find it. Um... 1980. There you go. 1980 from a company called Octopus Books Limited. Octopus Books. Ah, that's a weird company name. Anyway, um, so set of five animal books from the 19 uh, from 1980. They're all in a little box. They're on a box together. Um, then oh, th this one thing. Uh, it, it has the original Walmart price tag on it. Uh, it went for six something, six ninety six, I think, at Walmart originally. It's a nineteen eighty nine travel edition of Battleship. Um, that I love because Wolf Eyes and I have a large Battleship game collection, vintage Battleships, newer Battleships. Um, we have three electronic versions of Battleship. We actually have a nineteen eighty nine electronic. Well, we actually have the first electronic Battleship ever made. Unfortunately, it doesn't work, so it's in storage. Um, but, yeah, the Travel Battleship game from 1989, really thrilled about that because not only do we have a, a Battleship game collection, but I've also been lucky enough to pick up Travel Editions of Perfection and um, Monopoly, also from that, you know, time period. And this was a nice addition to two collections at once. Then there's also a... Um, uh, Okay, a book called The Emperor's New Clothes, right? Emperor's New Clothes. Okay, a book, uh, The Emperor's New Clothes, a book titled 1492, which is about Columbus, duh. Uh, then there's a book called Miss La uh, Dear Mrs. LaRue. 
Uh, there's a, a vintage book, a vintage book, a stencils. Um, I would say easily from the 1940s or 50s. Um, you know, so that was in there. Um, there's a lots of fun coloring book, uh, or activity book rather. Uh, there's a dotty book, which is a dot to dot book. Um, then there are two book and cassette sets, one Bambi, one the Fox and the Hound. Those are, of course, vintage I think they're from the 80s. Uh, there's a book, there's a Friendly Folks coloring book, a uh, Bunny Rabbits coloring book. All, now, now, the Friendly Folks and Bunny Rabbits coloring book, very vintage. Like, once again, I'd say 40s, 50s. And the, the same time frame as the Lone Ranger and the Hillside Farm, Plains and Jets books. Um, then there's one called Count to Color, vintage coloring book, once again. Pretty Bunnies uh coloring book um trace with tracy vintage book and uh, just all this really awesome this really all this awesome totally insanely awesome vintage stuff uh we've gotten so much incredible stuff from uh that store on ebay uh once again i reiterate my point to the point of extreme redundancy the store is on ebay it's called A Few Favorite Things. Um, it is run by this guy that I like to call Mr. S. And uh, his wife, who I like to call Punky Bruiser. And, um, you know, uh, you, you've heard me talk about a lot on the, uh, on, on the show. Oh, yeah, there is also an Angry Birds, Blackbird toy from uh, Angry Birds called... Uh, the, uh, the, the backward from that. Also something he threw in there. I'm not a huge Power Rangers fan. Um, I don't hate it as much. I, I used to really hate it, but now I'm, I'm warming up to it, especially after the new movie that was released last year. Plus, a year or so ago, I bought a Power Rangers ball cap, uh, the original Power Rangers, the original series and all that. It's a Power Rangers ball cap based on the original series and all that. I bought that a year or so ago, maybe, because I thought it looked cool. And, but this is a pink Power Ranger figure. It's metallic looking. Well, the pink part of it's metallic and shiny looking. The white parts are white, regular looking plastic. Um, not, like I said, not a humongous, huge rabbit, as they say, Power Rangers fan. But the figure is very cool. I do like the figure. I, 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 I like the looks of it. Uh, very cool. And uh, you don't think I have a purple. They don't have a purple Ranger. Damn. They don't have a purple Ranger. Hmm. Going to have to contact somebody about that. And then what, another thing that we got is this cute little clip-on gorilla um, that's, I'd say, maybe about two inches tall. Small little clip-on gorilla. It looks vintage as well, I'd say, from the 80s. Its head turns. It's one of those things you can clip, squeeze its arms and then it clips onto something. Um, word of advice, if you get something like this, do not try it on nipples. That hurts. Um, Wolf Eyes could not resist clipping it to me after we got it and uh, unfortunately she chose my right nipple and uh, unlike a lot of those clip-on toys that thing really clips on the things <laughs> um, I thought I was gonna end up with a pierced nipple there for a minute but anyway yeah the, the store is called a few very things on eBay um, the guy and his wife that run it are really cool um, they're, they're really good people they're really good eBay sellers and we've gotten tons Tons of incredible stuff from them. A lot of it vintage newer stuff. I, I mean, a lot of it vintage stuff. 
a lot like uh, the, the chess and checker games I've talked about before from E.S. Lowe that came from the 40s, um, came from the 1940s, and this and that. Uh, we, we've got other vintage games from them, uh, and books and puzzles and all sorts of vintage stuff. And then we've got newer stuff. We got a 1986 to T-Gold that's way cool. We got a game called Web of Gold. I think is that uh, it may be from the 80s too, Web of Gold. But it, it's really a cool, unique game. And uh, so, you know, if you want to find it on eBay, um, I'm not sure how you would look up a store. Well, yeah, yeah, I am. You go to Advanced Search. You go to Advanced, you go to eBay, go to Advanced Search, and then scroll down and you can type in the name of the store you're looking for. And click and click on where it says only show items from this store. And the name of the store is A Few Favorite Things. Just type in that, and you should be able to find it. And go on there then, and you know, you know, see what you can find. All right, we are about out of time. Um, we, we are about out of time, believe it or not. Ho hope I did the uh, the bundle stuff justice. Um, a lot of other stuff to talk about. So, so I tried to make sure I did it justice. And I actually have a list, so I don't think I missed anything. But uh, yeah, the domain game, a lot of fun. That was fun. Yeah, so the, I, I love, I love the older strategy games. I really like the older strategy games. I mean, all these newer ones are fun and fine and all that. But I love the older strategy games. And, and we've been lucky enough to, to acquire a lot of them. Some from eBay and some from thrift stores, and, and we've gotten a few from a few other things on eBay. So, so we've gotten really lucky with acquiring games like that. All right, that is it. We are out of time. Um, I want to thank everybody for listening. Hope you dug it. Uh, hope you listen to the next show and dig it too. Uh, spread the word about it. Um, you know, anybody you know that you think would dig this kind of thing, game talk, goofy humor, whatever, tales from the thrift stores, whatever, uh, you know, just recommend it. You know, it's on a bunch of different platforms. So, you know, Spotify, Apple Tunes, and all that stuff. So, you know, 11 different, 10 or 11 different platforms now. I don't know. I don't remember. <laughs> but anyway, um, you know, so uh, go to the show's Facebook page. I have something on there that I made telling all the platforms that's available on. So before we go, I have to thank uh, my fiance for helping me out. As always, babe, thanks for helping me out. You did good, as always. And once again, as I always say, probably better than me. Huh. No problem. Okay. Love you, baby. I love you, my mushy, wishy, gushy, wishy, 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 goo. <laughs> That's a lot of ushies. Yes, it that, is. That is a mouthful of ushies. Ew. This <laughs> <laughs> just something that sounds kind of wrong about mouthful of ushies. <laughs> it's like, it's like mouthful of ushies. That you're, could, you're the new Pokemon cat. Ooshie, wooshie, 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 woo. <laughs> really? Um, yeah, yeah, your son would know about that, wouldn't he? Uh, Pokemon, walking Pokemon Encyclopedia. Um, yeah, just go online, type in mushy, mouthful of mushy, wishy, wishy, wishy. <laughs> I don't even want to know what kind of pictures that would bring up. But everybody, that is it for this show. Hope you dug it. Um, and we'll do the same thing again next week. Um, don't know if we'll do a car mark trip or not. Because we are doing a Valentine getaway. Uh, from the 13th to the 15th, and we'll be in that area then for three days. I don't know if we'll do one this coming week or not, but we'll find something to talk about in the next show, surely. If nothing else, I'll just babble the whole damn time and talk about cheese, Swiss. Whoo! <laughs> Alright, anyway, that's it. On that note, that is it. I am the man called Crow. My fiance is the chick called Wolf Eyes, and this 
podcast is called It's Crow Time. As Ticket likes to say, and I'll actually say to you now, ta-ta for now.